Good morning. This is Brian Nicolais, and welcome to the Freedom and Wealth Podcast. Today is Wednesday, June 1st, 2022. Just wrapped up May, and uh, we had a, a very interesting month. I think the Dow ended up closing positive for the first month uh, in, I think, maybe five months. I forget the exact number, but it ended up positive just barely. Basically, it went down and came back up to basically flat. Uh, but last week, you know, all markets were up. I mean, the S&P 500 was up 4.6%. The Dow was up 4.2%. The NASDAQ was up 5.2%. So we saw some a little bit of a rally last week. And, you know, I think a lot of the people are asking, you know, is this a relief rally? Is this a, you know, a falling a slope of hope in a bear market? Or is this the beginning of a, the next bull market? And I think you guys probably, if you've been listening to my podcast for a while, probably know the answer that I'm going to tell you, which is we are absolutely still in a bear market. Uh, we haven't even begun to scratch the surface of this bear market. And yet uh, there's always going to be rallies inside of bear markets. You know, nothing falls straight down. Uh, there has been no capitulation. There's been no panic selling, which means we're really not not at a bottom. Um, we are just experiencing a little bit of a rally uh, in the midst of, of what is going to be a significant uh, downward uh, correction or, or bear market, but you know all these rallies that we had last week in in stocks, you know all around, um, were in the face of really some bad economic data, bad corporate earnings. I mean, there has not been any good news, uh, and yet you know the markets were rallying a little bit, and I think that's always there's some positivity there. Um, I think also one of the reasons that people are buying the market a little bit long. Well, probably I think a lot of people are covering short positions, taking profits, but also uh, people are buying long. There's this expectation building in the in the market and from the analysts that the Fed is going to raise interest rates two more times and then they're going to pause and assess the financial conditions. And there's no real reason for that assessment. I think it's I think it's just um, been a rumor that started and. Uh, I think they, they feel if they could talk about it that way enough that the Fed will listen to them. <laughs> and maybe that's the truth, right? I, I don't know. But um, I do know that that's kind of been the rumor going around. But, you know, look, if you look at some of the data last week, you know, Thursday, we got the Q1 quarter over quarter GDP uh, update, kind of a revision from the initial number. So it was initially quoted at one down 1.4%. So a reduction in GDP for the first quarter. And uh, it was revised down 1.5%, so even worse than expected. Um, and I've talked about this a little bit. I mean, a recession technically is two quarters of contraction. And we had a Q1 contraction. Um, and so if we have a contraction in the second quarter, which we only have 30 days left to, to determine this, if we do have a contraction, then, okay, we're going to be in a recession at that point, Okay. And people are, are talking on the TV, oh, you know, it's not going to be a recession until late 2023. I mean, I don't know what they're talking about. We're down 50%, you know, we're already 50% there. We had a contraction the first quarter, and we can easily have one in the second quarter. I mean, there's a lot of parts of the economy that are slowing to a grinding halt. I mean, just, you know, burning the brakes here uh, is how fast the economy is slowing. Quarter over quarter corporate profits for Q1 came out down 4.3%. They were looking for a positive 0.5%, and it was down 4.3%. So a 4.8% miss on corporate profits, and that's kind of an estimate because they don't have all the corporate profit numbers yet. 
but they have a good amount of them from Q1. Most companies are reported already. So they have um, this, we have a huge reduction in corporate profits. Uh, mortgage applications were down 2.3% in the week ending May 27th. That's the lowest level since 2018. Uh, and on top of all that bad economic data, and there's there's more of it, manufacturing data was not good, consumer good, uh, durable goods purchases was not good. There's a lot of bad data, but then you also had a lot of bad earnings. So you look at Target, Walmart, Costco, a lot of the big retailers got absolutely hammered. I think Target was one of the big ones that you know everybody was talking about, and that was not last week, it was the week before. But Target stock price fell 25%, hit a 52-week low, uh, because they came out with really bad earnings and really bad guidance. Basically, they, the earnings per share came out at $2.19, instead of an expected $3.07. They, they missed their earnings by near 30%. Um, their revenue was actually higher than expected. They brought in $25.17 billion versus $24.49 billion, which is the expected number. So they brought in a lot more money, and yet their profits were really off. I mean, I think, I think it was a 50% reduction in profits um, from the quarter before. And basically what they were citing was unusually high costs, right? And they were not passing those costs on to the consumer yet. You know, I think this is the story for a lot of companies is they, they listened to the Fed and they listened to the Biden administration talk about how inflation was transitory. You know, Janet Yellen just came out yesterday and, and admitted that she was wrong about transitory inflation. Well, of course she was wrong. And so was Jerome Powell. So was all the Fed people. So was the Biden administration. You know, all the politicians, they were all wrong. And it's so ridiculous that they were wrong because all they had to look at was, you know, the fact that demand surged so, so high. And, and basically the, the question that, that they put out there or, or the theory that they were saying and why inflation was transitory and why it wasn't a problem and why we don't have to deal with this right now. I mean, this is going back last year was that it was all supply chain. Right. Supply chain, supply chain, supply chain. Well, all they had to look at was demand that was spiking to know that it wasn't just supply chain issues. Not only did you have supply chain issues, but you had demand that was spiking because of the unprecedented fiscal policy. And it was all funded by the Fed. They were buying all the bonds to monetize the government debt. They printed so much money, gave it to the consumers. The consumers went out and bought stuff. And so obviously you're going to have inflation. So, yeah, they were all wrong. Okay, um, but a lot of these corporations were listening to the Fed at the time. They were listening to the politicians, and they were they were believing them that the inflation was transitory, and so they didn't pass on the costs. Because if you think inflation is transitory and you're a big corporation, why would you want to pass those costs on to your consumer just so that a month later you can reduce them back down? You're going to piss your consumers off. Probably going to lose a lot of customers. They're going to go to competitors that didn't pass on the rising costs. So they figured, hey, we'll just eat the, the rising costs for a little bit. And then, you know, once things calm down, we'll be back to a profitable way and we won't lose any customers. Well, Target completely got that wrong, as did all these other corporations, right? So they didn't pass the costs on. Now inflation is also not transitory. Well, we told you that, right? We've been saying inflation wasn't transitory for a long time. And so now you're in this situation where these corporations have huge reductions in their profits. Okay, and all of this is going to get a lot worse because eventually Target, Walmart, Costco, and 
Dick's Sporting Goods and all these companies are going to start passing on more and more of these cost increases. And the cost increases, by the way, are still coming, right? They're still pent up. Um, and we're going to talk a little bit about that in a second. But they're going to pass these costs on. They're also going to begin the layoffs, right? So corporations are going to begin layoffs. They are not going to be able to afford all the different divisions of their corporation, right? They're going to shut down a division that's unprofitable. Um, you know, they're going to lay off people that they don't need. And, you know, when you have rising costs and rising unemployment, you're going to see consumer spending go down, right? Because people are going to be unemployed. They're not going to have money and or the costs are just so high that they can't afford quite as much. They're spending all their money on the necessities and energy and transportation and shelter. So they're not going to buy the, the discretionary items. And so you're going to see Target again getting squeezed, right? Now their revenue is going to start decreasing and their, their profit margins are getting squeezed. And you're just going to have worse and worse earnings over the next 12 months, 15 months, 18 months. The earnings are going to fall off a cliff for most of these companies. And, and Target, this, is a, this was a staple, right? This is your staple stuff that's at Target. This isn't a high-end uh, store. And so, and Walmart, same thing. Walmart had a huge miss on their earnings and, and a huge miss in their outlook, right? Basically revise their outlook to say, hey, we're going to experience a lot lower growth over the next 12 months. And I think you're going to continue to see those reductions in expectation uh, for profits of these companies. And so, you know, again, once these layoffs start, then that reduces corporate profits even further, which then furthers the layoffs, which furthers the reduction in corporate profits, and it basically starts a spiral into a recession. And that's really where um, we're going to see these things coming off the rails. And again, going back to what the market is thinking, the market is the, you know, the market, when I talk about the market, right, it's, it's investors. You know, investors really, there's this expectation right, and you can see it in the tips break even, is that inflation is going to go away by the end of this year. And by the way, we're in June, right? Um, you know, the end of this year is going to be here in a flash of a, you know, in the blink of an eye. And, and somehow, at that point, inflation is going to go away. At the same time, there's this expectation that the Fed is going to stop raising interest rates in September. They're going to do two more rate hikes, and then they're going to stop. And that is what the market's pricing in right now, right? You can see it in the tips break even. You can see it on the analysts from, on CNBC. You can hear it on the, the uh, Bloomberg does a really good job bringing people on with all types of opinions. But some of the people coming on saying that that's going to happen, they end up bullish on equities. Because in a Fed tightening schedule, equities are going to do bad. They are absolutely going to do bad. And... But if there's this expectation that we're actually not in a tightening schedule, that, oh, maybe we don't really have to raise rates that much and inflation is going to go away on its own, then you don't have to have that expectation. You could be a bull on equities. And that's really what's going on. That's what caused this little rally. But that's going to be very short lived because inflation is going to persist. Right. I mean, and you can look at this in a lot of different ways. One of the things that I like to look at, and it's very easy to do, you just type in Redfin. Uh, which tracks a lot of the rents because they offer rents on the website. So um, they know what the rents are. I mean, if anybody knows what the rents are, it's Redfin, Zillow, and you know these companies that, that put the rents on their website. Uh, Redfin is showing rents up 17%, and this is the April number, end of April, so we're about a month off. 
But end of April, 12 months, year over year, increase in rent, 17%. Now that I could believe, right? I, I've seen that. Uh, I've seen a lot higher, okay, actually, in many cases. Maybe that's where I am here in New York. But uh, definitely, no matter what, I could definitely see rents going up 17%. And But if you look at the CPI and look at the owner's equivalent rent, which is what they use to, to price in shelter, um, in the same period of time, it's up 5.1%. So how do we rectify those two? Well, the fact is the CPI is a lie. It's BS. The, the owner's equivalent rent is a made-up number. It's a survey, right? And it's just manipulated. Oh, I, you know, we don't like your answer to the survey. Let's throw that one out, right? It's basically, you know, it's uh, the most manipulated way of finding out what the cost of shelter is in this country. So it's BS. But the fact is they're not going to be able to hide it forever because what's happening is mortgage rates are continuing to rise. Mortgage rates are over 5%. I think they're 5.4, 5.5 on a fixed rate 30-year uh, mortgage. And so people are not going to be able to afford housing anymore. And that's why you see mortgage applications down 2.3% in the week ending May 27th. So that's, again, lowest level since 2018. So you have this really reduction in mortgage applications because people can't afford the houses at the higher mortgage rates, right? But what's happening at the same time is housing prices are not really coming down. And the reason they're not coming down is because they don't have to, because nobody's selling their house. Because if you got in at a 2.5% mortgage, right? And now mortgage rates are 5.5, you're never gonna sell that house. It doesn't matter if it was your starter house, you're not upgrading. You're going to stay in that starter house. That's going to be your final house because you're not going to get out of that house that has a 2.5% mortgage and go into a new house. It's got a 5.5% mortgage. So the supply has not been increasing on the housing side. So prices don't have to come down. The only people that can buy them are the people that are going to now struggle because they're going to pay a much higher mortgage interest rate. Okay. And so you're, you're at the same time, you know, okay. So if, even if you could buy another house, you're probably not gonna sell that other house. You're gonna rent it out because the, the mortgage is the valuable thing inside that house. It's not the house that's valuable. It's the mortgage that's valuable, right? Just like owning, you know, um, uh, so you're, you know, you're paying this very low interest rate. So that debt is worth a lot of money. So what do you do? You rent the house. You don't sell the house. And so we're, we're migrating to this renter's world. The only people that are gonna buy the houses are corporations that could buy them cash and then rent them. So this, this, you got this stranglehold on the, the American consumer that's not gonna be able to buy houses. They're gonna be forced into rent and rents are gonna to continue to rise. And as rents rise, that is eventually going to have to make its way into the CPI. They can't hide it forever. Owner's equivalent rent is going to jump at some point and that, that will again continue to spiral up the inflation number. Now the other thing that's really gonna push inflation higher are energy costs. Energy costs are the biggest driver of inflation and we haven't even seen the start of this one. We just saw this morning JP Morgan came out with a price target for oil above 150. Now that is their that's their baseline. Now JP Morgan's been a little bit ahead of the curve. They were saying 125 to 175 uh, but uh, for this year on average price target, but now they're targeting above 150. And this is this is JP Morgan not just making it up. JP Morgan has analysts that sit there and look at all the supply around the world and all of the demand around the world. And they try and basically 
figure out what is the price going to be and they're fairly good at it right i mean this is the this is jp morgan and their whole energy analyst team i mean they've been working on this to come up with this price target and they came out with 150 plus and i absolutely can believe it see the fact is if you look at the price of oil it's been on this even trajectory since before putin so it's not that putin's war has basically spiked the energy costs Energy costs were rising before that, but now they're definitely going to be rising. And we got China coming back on, where they're going to start getting turning their economy back on from their lockdown. And you're going to have this huge surge in demand for oil. At the same time, we have a huge uh, glut or a huge um, uh, shortage of diesel refineries in America. And by the way, to make diesel, you need the, the heavy crude. So that's got to come from either, you know, Venezuela, right? A lot of it came from Russia. So we have this, the diesel costs are going to go through the roof and that is going to push everything else up. Everything gets trucked in. Everything gets shipped here. I mean, we are, we don't produce anything within the local communities right now. So this, so there's this huge cost that's, that's built into the energy prices that we haven't even seen yet in food and consumer goods and everything. So you're going to see these energy costs continue to rise continue to put pressure on the consumer which is going to continue to put pressure on the earnings you know we saw record credit card debt increases for april um or for march and for april so we're going to get our may number no actually sorry credit cards did not it's back a little bit so we got february and march so we're going to get the april credit card increase and i bet you that number is going to be huge i think that comes in next week so we'll get that and then we'll get the May inflation numbers right after that. So you're going to see huge two record-breaking numbers on both of those fronts. And this is really just continuing to solidify the point that inflation is not going anywhere. And the Fed should be, you know, Jerome Powell especially, should be up all night thinking about how he's going to solve this inflation problem because he has no answer. He has no way to do it. He caused the inflation problem and he's going to try to solve it but inflation is so powerful and it is so built up that he is not going to be able to do it. Now, by the way, we haven't even begun the fight against inflation. We were printing money. The Federal Reserve was increasing their balance sheet this week, last week. They're not going to sell their first bit off the balance sheet until today. Today is the first day. So all this talk, all this market turmoil on, oh, the Fed is fighting inflation, yada, yada. They haven't even started. They're going to start today, right? And so we'll see the ramifications of that in the fixed income market. Um, but, you know, that is going to be a huge, huge pressure on the bond market and on the stock market because you're going to have a flood of treasuries into the markets. Okay. And when you have a flood of treasuries into the markets, yields are going to go through the roof. The 30 year, the long end of the curve is going to continue to rise because there's going to be a flood of treasuries and inflation expectations are going to continue to rise. As all that happens, the amount of interest that people are going to require to loan money to a government for 30 years is going to continue to rise. And eventually the bond market will be so bad that people will get out of the bond market and look for other safe havens like precious metals, like gold, because the dollar will not hold its value where it is. It just it can't do it because there is too much inflation, too much price instability, and the government is way too big and way too expensive. So 
when you look down, um, you know, I wanted to just touch quickly on some of our portfolios. I know a lot of the listeners here are clients of ours, and we manage uh, securities portfolios for you. Um, so just a couple things that I want to put out there. First and foremost, you know, everybody, when we look at um, portfolios, understand a lot of our uh, a lot of our clients, we also have fixed income instruments, you know, like annuities or something like that. You know, and those are 100% principal protected. That's the most important thing about a portfolio. And if you don't have that safe money today, um, you know, that's a that's a big miss. So we really always got to make sure that we have that. Um, but secondly, just on the security side, you know, we have been making changes since January because January was when the first bit of the market correction happened. We sold to cash January 24th, it was a Monday. Uh, we were primarily in cash, although we owned a lot of fixed income instruments still. And we had hoped that um, you know some of these floating rate loans, which basically are adjustable rate loans, I mean, they really shouldn't have been impacted by a rising interest rate environment. But the financial conditions tightened so quickly <clears throat> that even some of these fixed income instruments that really shouldn't have seen price decreases saw price decreases. So <clears throat> we ended up liquidating all of those positions uh, over the last few weeks, getting rid of everything that had to do with the bond market, because unfortunately it did not hold up in the way we anticipated. A little bit of surprise there. Um, also note, there's some uh, banknotes that we have inside the portfolios, and those banknotes are priced at fair market value, and so um, kind of like how a bond's priced, but those are all held to maturity. So um, actually sometimes when you look at the account, the value is, is shown about you know, maybe 1% lower than it actually is just because of the notes being priced at fair market value. And yet we are holding them to maturity, they're one year notes. Um, and so, you know, really what we're looking at is, is we own our positions, which is, you know, inflation is going to continue to rise, continue to put pressure on the bond market. We have a short position on the bond market. Uh, we own precious metals, silver, gold, and real money. Um, and again, as, as people finally begin to realize that the bond market is not safe, like we realized, right? I mean, we got out of the bond market now. That's going to continue to happen as inflation continues to increase. And when that happens, they're going to be looking for other safe havens. And gold will see a spike and a rally like we potentially never seen uh, in the last 10 years. So, so we're going to see these rises. So that's a really good position for us to own. But more importantly, we're 80% cash. And we're looking for the opportunity to get into the stock market. Okay, um, and we're building a portfolio with our certified financial analysts and our market technicians, our chief investment officer. We've been building together a portfolio of equities that we want to own for the long term. So as we get into our second quarter reviews, we're going to be reviewing this portfolio with you and showing you different things that we're, we're going to be adding to the portfolio. But again, we're not going to buy that today while the market continues to sell off every week. You know, we've had basically seven or eight straight down weeks. I mean, we had one positive week last week, but you know, the markets are in absolute turmoil right now. You know, the S&P 500 price to earnings ratio went from near 30, it was like 28, 29 to now 21. So that's kind of where the PE ratio of the S&P 500 is currently. But if you look at the S&P 500 PE ratio on average during rate, rate hiking cycles in the past, it's between 14 and 16. Okay, so what that tells us is we have a lot more multiple compression to go. So if earnings stay exactly where they are, right? So if corporations don't reduce earnings at all, right? We continue in this record-breaking earnings. 
then the market has another 25% down, 20 to 25% down. So there's more multiple compression that has to happen. Secondly, what if earnings then start to fall off? So not only will we have the multiple compression, which will reduce stock prices another 20%, which we're already down 15%. So you'll be down 35% there. And then what if inflation continues to rise, the reverse wealth effect happens as people are down 35%, they start spending less money, okay? They start laying people off, which reduces corporate profits, which increases layoffs, which reduces corporate profits further, right? All the while inflation squeezing margins. So you got lowered revenue, lower margins. So now these corporations start to really shrink their, their earnings. And so when you look at a PE ratio that's supposed to be at 15, call it, but the earnings went down by 25%. Now you have another 25% down. So, I mean, there's absolutely a, a story here for down 40%. And it's all going to depend on inflation. Inflation and how the Fed treats inflation and how they fight it is going to determine what happens in the equity markets. But as of now, the Fed is hawkish and there's no reason to believe that the Fed is going to back off in September. As much as they want to say that on CNBC or as much as the asset managers want to tell you that's happening, it's not happening. The Fed is committed as of now to fighting inflation. And until they speak a different tone, we have to go on the expectation that P.E. ratios belong at 15. We have to go on the expectation that there's another 20% down in the equity markets. At the same time, our assessments tell us that inflation is going to continue to rise, which means earnings are going to continue to fall, which means that the P.E. ratio at 14 means a 40% reduction from here. And that is on the expectation that we have to go on until things change, until something tells us differently. And anybody that, you know, is saying something differently, there should be a reason why they're saying it. But the fact is, we're looking for huge reductions in stock prices from here, which is going to give us wonderful, wonderful opportunities with all the dry powder that we have. 80% cash. I mean, we're, we have more dry powder than most uh, asset managers by, by and large. And it's been the right decision overall as we've continued to watch financial conditions and stock market values deteriorate. And we are really looking forward to being able to get back in the stock market. I think there's going to be absolutely wonderful profits to be made. But patience is the rule. And um, and that's where we're going to win. And we're going to win over the long term here um, by, by using patience to understand that we're not there yet. As much as everybody that's in the stock market wants to feel, wants to know that the pain that they've suffered is over. It's not. We've got a long way to go down from here. And if your asset manager is not talking about this, so this is going out to clients that are not ours. If your asset manager is not talking about this now, if they haven't brought these topics up, if they aren't talking about inflation expectations and JP Morgan's price target for oil, then what are they talking about? And what are they doing today to protect you from a 60 to 70% loss? And I know those numbers seem insane, but 60 to 70% isn't even close to where, where we were as in, you know, in, the, in the depths of 08. I mean, we were extremely, you know, much lower back then. So we're not even, we're talking about maybe just under the 2019 peak. I mean, we're not going back here into, into history here. We've just seen a, un, a, a market run up like we've never seen before. And we're now going to, we're going to pay the penalty for it. We're going to pay the price. 
And uh, we just want to make sure our clients aren't impacted because our clients are the most important people in our lives. You know, we, we take our jobs extremely seriously and we understand that, you know, we, we are responsible for our clients. We are responsible for your life, for your health, for your family's well-being. And if your financial advisor doesn't understand that the health care you receive and the life you will live is in direct proportion to the amount of money that you have, then they do not deserve to be your financial advisor. And we understand that. We take it very seriously. And that's why we're not taking unnecessary risks. Now, we have to keep up with inflation. We have to keep growing our money. We have to be looking for opportunities. But we also can't take unprecedented risk. And so, anyway, I hope this this podcast maybe gives you a little insight into what's going on in the portfolio, what we're looking for, price targets that we're looking for, how to how to take in what these folks are saying on Fox Business and CNBC and how to take it with a grain of salt because they, they have an ulterior motive. They want the Fed to stop raising rates. If the Fed can stop raising rates, then they can make the, the story that the equity markets, that you belong in the equity markets and their jobs depend on you being in the equity markets. But we're not going to play that game. All right. So thank you, everybody, for joining. I hope you all have a wonderful rest of the week and weekend. I know it's beautiful here. We had a hot, hot Memorial Day, but, you know, it was a wonderful Memorial Day. Um, shout out to, uh, to Reed and, and his family. We, we spent some time up at his lake house um, this weekend, and it was just a really an unbelievable um, uh, weekend because it was just so beautiful. And I just don't know that you get that on Memorial Day all the time. So we had this wonderful weekend. Now it's going down to 78, 80 degrees so we can play some golf this week and, and just enjoy that. So, again, hope everybody is, uh, is really going to have a great week. And we'll be back next week. All right. Thanks again. Freedomandwealthusa.com. If you're not a client, go to freedomandwealthusa.com. Get a free financial plan, free investment advisory report, uh, free tax strategy. All that is included. No obligation to work with us. We'll do it all for free. Um, let's have a conversation. Thank you. Have a great day. The opinions expressed by Brian Nicolaisen and guests on this radio show are their own and do not reflect the opinions of this radio station. All statements and opinions expressed are based upon information considered reliable, although it should not be relied upon as such. Any statements or opinions are subject to change without notice. Investments involve risk and unless otherwise stated are not guaranteed. Past performance cannot be used as an indicator to determine future results. Any strategies mentioned may not be suitable for everyone. Information expressed does not take into account your specific situation or objectives and is not intended as recommendations appropriate for you. Before acting on any information mentioned, please consult with a qualified tax or investment advisor to determine if it is suitable for your specific situation. This program is designed to provide accurate and authoritative information with regard to subject covered. Investment advisory services offered through Brookstone Capital Management, LLC, a registered investment advisor. BCM and Nicolaisen Wealth Partners are independent of each other. Insurance products and services are not offered through BCM, but are offered and sold through individually licensed and appointed agents.